Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. The nation holds its breath. Yes, will we ever, ever forget, even all these years later, those words, the nation holds its breath. I'm sure so many Irish people remember where they were when that penalty kick was taken by David O'Leary in Italian 90 to send us through to the last eight in the world against Romania. And the man who spoke those words is with me on late lunch this afternoon. He's the voice of sport in RTE and he's in Manchester for the big Champions League game tonight, George Hamilton. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I am very good. I, I've said this to musicians over the years, George. Do you ever get tired of the, you know, the number one hit? <laughs> I've never. I would never be allowed to forget it, would I? And no, I don't, because every time it's mentioned, it takes me right back to that day in Genoa, which, which was one of the days of days, as far as I was concerned. Uh, it was on the schedule to do the match in Genoa, uh, but we didn't know that Ireland were going to be in it. Of course, uh, there'd been that drawing of lots uh, with the Dutch uh, uh, when we finished level with them in the playoff group. Uh, they went off to play Germany or West Germany, as they were in Milan, and we went to Genoa to play Romania that day. And I got up in Milan as it happens and drove with my wingman Tom Flanagan the 100 miles or so down to Genoa we decided we'd stay the night because when lose or draw we were sure there was going to be a hoolie so we booked into this B&B and then off we went to the game now in our luggage and totally against the regulations we had a bottle of Prosecco and uh, we smuggled it into the ground uh, we did the match and of course you know what happened and after the match I went clad in my summer gear of Hawaii 5-0 shirt to interview both David O'Leary and Packy Bonner in the little interview room we produced the Prosecco, we popped the cork and we gave each of the lads a glass and uh, they held it up nicely and were ready to toast the victory. But of course, that Prosecco had come from Milan in the boot of a car, had sat through three hours of the comedy box in the searing heat and by the time they got it, it was like vinegar, sparkling vinegar. What did they do? They took one sip and they poured it over my head, live on the air. I remember that, I laugh about it and I'll never forget it. Oh, George, what a story. I, you know, I said at the beginning there, people remember, you know, a lot life's events but especially with that day when we got through to the last I was in the RDS they set up an Italian village there yes. uh, to try and replicate what was happening out in Italy George when uh, you uh, it, it uttered those words I don't know how I wasn't killed that day 
It was unbelievable all over. Oh, I know. Ed, we, the RTE put together a package of, of uh, video uh, to send out to us to show to the players to let them see just how the thing was being received at home because nobody out there had any idea. And by now we were in Rome, out near where the Pope has his suburb residence at Castel Gandolfo. And we're in the team hotel as we used to be at that time. And the courier arrived with the video from Dublin, a, a collage put together by Niall Cogley, who worked with us at the time. Yeah. Now he's off with the opposition in Virgin Media. Yeah. Well, anyway, Anyway, <laughs> Niall had put together this fabulous video to the tune of, or to the music of I, We've Had the Time, or I've Had the Time in My, li- my Life, uh, one of those uh, movies at the time, you know, the disco movies yes. that were big in the early 90s, and I've Had the Time of My Life was playing, and these scenes of what was going on in Dublin, including the press conference that Charlie Hawhey suspended for the shootout in Dublin Castle, because it was the 30th of June, and Ireland's presidency of the EU, the six-month presidency, was coming to an end, and there were these shots of journalists in the room looking at the monitors and not believing what they were seeing and the late John Haley of the Irish Times Mayo man to the core and he's there in tears at what has just happened his country has got to the last eight in the world so I, it was just amazing but I'm talking about that video we were sitting watching it and walking along the corridor outside our room uh, came Ronnie Whelan and he heard the noise and he came in and he looked and he said the lads the lads can I bring the lads down I said it's for the lads that it's here we're just having a quick look at it and he brought whoever he could rustle up and they looked at it and they couldn't believe what they saw which would have been including scenes of where you were and they wanted to see it again it was just another day of days it really was and that uh, uh, description of John Healy you mentioned there is an iconic moment I think and will always be and and you know the other thing uh, the movie was Dirty Dancing just to remind you you know the song you you. (laughs) (laughs) You know my musical taste line is slightly different direction (laughs) well George I'll tell you the reason we're chatting today and we might as well mention this now straight away well two things you're in Manchester first tonight for the big Champions League game Manchester United against Young Boys on RTE this evening folks live with George uh, just to mention about Manchester by God the colour of the city in terms of success has changed from red to blue hasn't it oh not half it hasn't you know Manchester United haven't even scored a goal in, at home in the Champions League this season but they'll be hoping to do that against the, the champions of Switzerland but yes the balance of power has shifted hugely and you can feel it you know there won't be a full house at Old Trafford tonight there may be tickets sold and people just don't turn up United aren't playing the kind of football that was fizzed along under Alex Ferguson City have got the money of course United have the money too but City have the players as well and the the charismatic manager in uh, Pep Guardiola whereas Mourinho's best days sad to say do seem to be behind him and he just doesn't seem to have the spark to get United going it's a very different kind of city to come to now in a footballing sense and I've been coming here long enough to remember it when Manchester City played at Main Road and it was a cosy old place and you you knew you were in the the kind of uh, poor relations home at the time when you went along there. Old Trafford was this uh, wonderful citadel of football but now you go to the east end of Manchester to the Etihad which was built for the Commonwealth Games in 2006 and is now home to Manchester City and it's sparkling and it's new and it just speaks 21st century football in a way that Manchester United at the moment sadly does not. Yeah and that is the reality and look at that's football as well swings and roundabouts, ups and downs and that's what keeps us going back and interested in it. Tell me this, you're coming to the Hinterland Festival of Literature and Arts in Kells this weekend. So George is in the northeast Saturday evening, and the title of uh, your talk is "The Nation Holds Its Breath." The clip we heard there a moment ago. W- w- what are you planning for Saturday in Kells? 
Well, no, I, I tell you what I'm planning is, uh, I, Miles Dungan, the organiser, and a good old friend of mine, he asked me to come along and, and just reminisce, basically, about the highs and the lows of 40 years on the road. And, you know, I never believed when I started off this caper with the BBC in Belfast that it would take me where it's taken me. It's taken me to all five continents. It's taken me to uh, double figures of World Cups and Olympic Games. It's, it's just unbelievable when I look back across the years. And for me, uh, who studied languages to begin with, to be able to go around the world and to speak those languages to the people who speak them. Admittedly, they don't speak French and German in every country I visit, but I've picked up another few things along the way. But it's, it's just been such a, a life-enhancing experience, Jerry, to have uh, the opportunity to share the culture of so many different peoples and to visit so many cities and countries and to just see life as it's lived all over the globe. It, it's, it's been absolutely marvellous, and I just want to try and share some of that, uh, with specific instances, of course, thrown in, uh, with the Folk and Kells on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. Yes, and I just want to give the box office number, if you want to book, 089-436-9868 uh, to hear George on Saturday. And in fact, they have a huge lineup on Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to tell you more about those in a moment. But listen, when you're with me, I was my card was marked here. Don't let him away without asking him a few of these pertinent questions. Now, We've okay. reflected on that moment in Genoa when O'Leary scored that wonderful goal. Was that the highlight or have you another one or two in your career, be it Olympics, football, whatever, that stick with you? I think that is the highlight. It has to be because it was uh, going into uncharted territory. Uh, and, it, it, you know, to think of an Irish team in the last eight uh, in the world, in the biggest tournament in the world. And I, I would actually put the World Cup uh, above the Olympic Games in terms of its mass appeal because it is one sport and it is national interest for whoever's there. Uh, and to, to be in the last eight uh, was just beyond the wildest dreams. Uh, so, yes, that is number one. But it's run a very close second by that June Sunday in Stuttgart in 1988 mm. when Ray Houghton put the ball in the English yeah. net and started this whole thing going uh, and, and that was a day of days as well not least because I said I speak German and French I had friends in Stuttgart he uh, was a radio producer who acted as our gopher he got us an exclusive interview with the chief of police he did all sorts of things for us and when we came back to the hotel in the woods above the city in Dagerloch after the game and I fought my way through the crowd of fans because in those days fans were welcome in the team hotel in a way that they wouldn't be now and I got to my room there in my room was a cake and the cake was iced in the shape of a football pitch and there was a little figure on the top of it with a green and white scarf around it my friend's wife had baked that cake in celebration of Ireland's victory now obviously she didn't break it when they won, bake it when they won but she had it baked to put in my room in the Vault Hotel in Dagerloch for when I got back from the most historic of days as it was then Sunday the 12th of June 19 I'll never forget that either. And as I say, that whole day runs it very, very close, that, uh, the day in Stuttgart to the day in Genoa. What vignettes? And we're only getting a taste of them, folks, remember, here this, uh, today on LMFM Radio. This man has so many more to impart to you this weekend. When it comes to players and all the players you've watched, let's talk about soccer over the years. If you were to pick one that you would say was just magical above all else, who? Ah, uh, how could I not say George Best coming from Belfast myself? Yeah 
coming from East Belfast, christened in the same church as George Best, believe it or not. A man I got to know in a way that I wouldn't ever have the chance of getting to know a player now because the access was so much easier mm. uh, back when he was, his career was winding down when I was starting, let's be honest. There was one great night in Rotterdam when he played for the North against uh, the Dutch uh, and it ended in a 2-2 draw and it looked like he was about to uh, light the, the blue touch paper on, on a Northern Ireland run, the like of which Jack Charlton was able to uh, begin with the Republic later on, but just to be involved in that little moment in time and in that match in Rotterdam when George Best was recalled uh, from the international wilderness by the then manager Danny Blanchflower and he played his part and he, he nutmegged Johan Cruyff that night. It was just a, an astonishing uh, night of football and an astonishing performance by a player who I guess by that stage was in decline. But I did see him as a kid. We're talking now, uh, to me, the person, not the commentator, I suppose, when I'm saying this, that uh, I saw George Best play as a kid, uh, and, and he was the, the greatest. Uh, I mm. fell in love with football before I saw George Best, but, but he confirmed that love affair for me. But of course there have been great players across the years, at Beckenbars, right down to today, and the Lionel Messi. And you've got to admire Cristiano Ronaldo for what he's done and how he's reinvented himself, and how he's firing Juventus now to yet another title, and maybe even the Champions League itself. Players across the ages, magnificent players all. Now will you just stay there with me a moment I, I hope you're not in a hurry I, you know we have to pay the bills here we have to go away for two <laughs> minutes but the audience is going nowhere and I don't want you to go anywhere George Hamilton is with us on Late Lunch stay with us two minutes I promise you we'll be back Yes if you'd like to put a question to him 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp George Hamilton's on George Hamilton's on duty with Orte tonight for the Champions League Man United Young Boys in Manchester and he's in Kells this weekend for the Hinterland Festival of of literature and arts and we're talking to him on late lunch this afternoon George just a question from a listener there they want to know did you ever do a commentary from United Park in Drogheda Oh, many's the time. Many's the time I did. I've been up on that uh, gantry in United Park uh, through good days and bad. I'm well familiar with it. Uh, I've also uh, had a refreshment in the pub just next door. I'm, I'm well familiar with there. And you know what? I was on my way to my daughter's wedding last weekend and we stopped off in Drogheda and we were right outside United Park in the traffic jam on our way to a, a particular shop. Yes, I'm well familiar with United <laughs> Park and I have worked there. There you go. Thank you indeed for that question. Now, besides all the countries you've visited, all the great joy you brought us, the highs and lows of sport all over the world. You were stopped in your tracks uh, with the old healthier self in 2011. That's, that's right, I was indeed. Um, well, couldn't get to sleep one night, coughed the whole night through, didn't know what was wrong, went to the doc, the doc thought I'd asthma. Uh, it wouldn't go away. Uh, my wife, who's a radiographer, uh, had a look at the x-ray that she took me to get. And when she saw it, she said it was the worst she'd ever seen. I was taken off to hospital. They didn't know what it was. My lungs were full of fluid. Um, they took a day or two to work it out, but it was Professor Michael Keane uh, of UCD who was looking after me, who came up uh, with the uh, diagnosis. And what he reckoned it was was a problem with a valve in my heart. And the thing had ruptured. Uh, no explanation as to why, but basically I just was not able to breathe because uh, my lungs were filling with fluid because uh, my heart wasn't working properly. So uh, that was it. Major heart surgery. Fortunately, no bypasses involved. Uh, 
a bit of recovery required, of course, but three months later, I was back at the mic, and my goodness, isn't medical science wonderful? Isn't that just a wonderful story? The comments are coming. Let me read some of them to you. Jerry, George Hamilton, what a man, what a delivery, what a a God-given talent he has for delivery. He's just brilliant. He breeds and lives the sport. I have admired this man all my life, says Vera. Uh, Thank you, Vera, for that one. Thank you, Vera. Uh, That's lovely. uh, Michael Tully's been on from Minalty and Mead to say, yes, I was going to ask him, Jimmy McGee, what do you say about Jimmy, George? Wonderful man and a great friend of mine and so sad that he's no longer here. And, you know, it it was just uh, a life well lived, Jimmy McGee's life, a great man, a great memory. I have never come across anybody with the memory like it. And a man who wore his, his talents lightly and who was very much a man of the people and was loved everywhere he went. A story about Jimmy that I'm sure you'll love. Back in the day, you might remember the old Nissan cycle race. Jimmy and I were the two who were out front for RTE on the coverage of yeah. the Nissan Classic, which went around. Ireland. We were down in Ken Mare one morning uh, for the start of the race uh, and Jimmy McGee and I made our way down to the start and they'd crushed barriers up and there was a huge crowd in uh, the centre of Ken Mare waiting to see the cyclists. So they got to see the pair of us before they got to see the cyclists. I was let walk in my merry way and I turned around to see where Jimmy was. He was like royalty making his way along the crowd. Everybody wanted a word with Jimmy. Everybody wanted a handshake with Jimmy. They just loved Jimmy and he loved them back and he was a great man altogether. I remember too uh, when I first became aware of Jimmy he was Mr. RTE. He was a man I looked up to, a man I admired and he became a great friend as we soldiered together. Of course the most most of that soldiering was done on Know Your Sport between 1987 yes. and 1998. Magnificent days. Uh, great times we had sharing sharing the stage at know, on Know Your Sport. And you know Fiona Maguire has just been in touch from Dundalk as well to, to mention Know Your Sport. She was a great fan and loved the show and just wants to say it's great to hear you on Late Lunch with Jerry this afternoon. Thank you Fiona and we're delighted to have George with us as well I have to say. Back to the sport I did ask you about individual players in terms of teams and it's team sport you cover a lot. Your greatest team ever. Oh that's a, that's a hard one um, because there have been so many great teams over the years uh, and, and, and great in their different ways. The Brazilian football teams that won the World Cups mm. uh, were, were sensational teams. What Spain did too in more recent times in winning World Cup and two European championships, how, that, that was just a, a great team of players who came together. Uh, and, uh, it just jumps into my head as I'm talking to you that the final of Euro 2012 uh, in Kiev in Ukraine where Spain uh, went in there and just uh, demolished the opposition completely. Uh, there was never going to be any other result in the final. They were just, I think it was Italy, I think they played and the very fact that I'm saying I think they played that's how my memory is just so Spain coloured one team in that match and they so dominated it and they were becoming the first to retain the European Championship and they were just a a fabulous team Uh, they were a wonderful team the the French team too I mean the French who came through to win the World Cup just this last summer Mm. in Moscow were a terrific team as well unexpectedly Mm. unexpectedly indeed and I I won't ever forget them because on Saturday I mentioned the fact that my daughter got married she got married Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> good, good man, George. You'll have to uh, be careful with the two colours now as the green clashes with the, with, with the blue. But here, look, before we, time's going to beat us, but before you go, I have to mention the, uh, the man of the moment, the men of the moment, Mick McCarthy and Stephen Kenny. Oh, what yes. do you make of this? Well, now, interesting thing about this, I think the FAI 
wanted to get a, a, an appointment quickly. Mick was available. A mixed credentials are good. Maybe not so good in the club game, but in terms of the international game, do you know something? Mick McCarthy, alongside Brian Kerr, they have identical records in competitive matches, over 58% success. And of, since the Charlton era of the six managers there were, Charlton, McCarthy, Kerr, uh, Staunton, Trapattoni, and O'Neill, of those six managers, it's Mick McCarthy and Brian Kerr who have the best competitive records. So the FAI has gone back to somebody who has delivered before, who has got Ireland to a World Cup before, back in 2002, and there's no reason why he shouldn't do it again. And, uh, not a World Cup, obviously, on this occasion, but the Euros. But Mick has the credentials for an international manager's job, and, and he's proven it by getting into the last 16 of the World Cup in 2002. Uh, Stephen Kenny's appointment, uh, Stephen Kenny has done such a job for Dundalk over the years, and it's just such a shame that Stephen Kenny has, uh, in fact, the, the ending of his, of his tenure at Dundalk came about so suddenly uh, that it has possibly uh, left a manner of uncertainty around uh, the Dundalk uh, football experience. But that said, I think you've got to say that Stephen Kenny is, is a man who believes in himself and has the reason to believe in himself. Uh, excuse me just one moment. I am in a hotel room and I'm on the radio. <laughs> George, you can't beat live radio, can you? No, no indeed not. George, was, he, he was hammering the door for five minutes there and I, I thought he'd go away. Anyway, anyway, that I suppose proves his life. I was just saying about Stephen, I think Stephen will do a magnificent job. Uh, the, the parallels with Brian Kerr, who I said has an identical success ratio as Mick McCarthy, or who had in his three years in charge of the Irish team. Do you know, Stephen Kenny comes out of the League of Ireland, the much derided League of Ireland. Steve, Stephen Kenny has had such success, he's a dominant player in the League of Ireland, he deserves this opportunity. And I think it's right that he should have been brought in. I was on Morning Ireland last week before the appointments were made with nothing other than a hunch that they would give it to Mick McCarthy and that Stephen Kenny deserved a place in the back room. Well, he's got more than a place in the back room. He's the under-21 manager and he's going to be the next Ireland manager. And I think two years inside will equip him well to take over as the manager. Let's face it, Brian Kerr came up in a similar way through the underage teams dominating uh, his teams dominated in a way that Stephen Kenny's under 21s could dominate and Brian Kerr made the step up successfully and Stephen Kenny I'm sure will make the step up successfully I'm very hopeful that Mick will get them to the Euros in 2020 and then I think we're off on a great adventure with Stephen Kenny We look forward to it Why wouldn't you go to Kells to hear this man on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock? You have to go because we've only touched uh, the edge of the iceberg here today with George he's going to go much deeper I promise you on Saturday Hinterland Festival of Literature and Arts he's on at 6 o'clock on Saturday the nation's holds its breath the box office number 0894369868 and there are more besides appearing on the bill there Saturday and Sunday and I'll tell you about those through the afternoon George it's been a real pleasure good luck with the game tonight and for the future no Rooney's just been on I know he's a great fan of yours and football to say George love you all the best for the future Thank you, Noel, for that message today. And George, Thanks, it's Noel. been a real Thank pleasure. You, Jerry, too. Not at all. It's been, a ple- this been a pleasure from Manchester as well. And let me tell you, after that, I'm off for my late lunch. Good man yourself, George. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Lovely to talk <laughs> to you. Bye bye now. Bye bye. What a wonderful guy he is. Up next on Late Lunch, after news and weather, I'm in East Coast Cookery School with Tara Walker. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. 
Time for the food cast. Month of November. There's only one place to be. East Coast Cookery School and Tara Walker. Waste not, want not is the theme today with Tara. Yes, absolutely. Actually, I was delighted when we decided to do leftovers because I think I'm the queen of leftovers. <laughs> uh, well, what I mean really by that is obviously we do a lot of cookery classes here at the cookery school. And so there's always kind of lots of random bits and bobs. So when it comes to Monday, Tuesday, I just like to, I actually love having a look in the fridge, see what bits and bobs I have. In fact, a lot of the recipes in my cookbook have come about as a result of a little fridge forage, you know. Today I have a few bits. I genuinely, I just had a look around in the cupboards. I didn't go to the shop. I didn't buy anything with you coming today. I'm literally just using bits and bobs that I have left over. So the first thing I have is a little bit of roast beef. And actually, it was such a tasty roast beef. This was our dinner, our Sunday roast last night, that there's actually very little of it left. I just about managed to save two slices for today that my husband was about to eat. Um, so I just want to show you, I'm going to do up a lovely little beef hot pot. And I have some roast potatoes left as well. If you don't have any roast potatoes left over, you could use a little bit of puff pastry, just a shop-bought puff pastry would be fine. I always have a bit of that in the fridge. So I've just sliced up my beef into small little kind of bite-sized pieces and I've put them in an oven-proof dish and here I am just pouring a little bit of my gravy and you know me with the gravy I always have loads of gravy I always have my gravy cooking for ages and ages like I'd have that on for about three hours in total and I make sure to keep all the juices from the meat and I also make sure to deglaze the pan just to get every bit of flavour there so it is important you can't really do this dish without a good gravy so but if you know you know you're busy at work or whatever you're making a bit of an effort for your Sunday roast well make sure you put on a bit of extra beef a few extra spuds and keep an extra bit of gravy going as well so my gravy's on there and here I am with my roast potatoes and I'm just slicing them into little slices. And these are Maria Flynn. Do you remember we went out to Maria yes. Flynn and Ballamacheny Farm? They're her uh, Yukon Gold potatoes, which are absolutely delicious. Um, we use them in the class over the weekend. And I'm just slicing them into sort of fairly thin slices, like at least half a centimetre, if not slightly thinner. And I'm just going to layer them over the beef. And then I have some sliced onion, which I'm going to pop on as well. And then a little bit of grated cheddar. And that's how straightforward that is. We're going to pop it into the oven. And obviously this is only a small portion here, Jerry. but I often do this. A full big tray of it would easily feed a family of four uh, with your leftovers. So it's almost like a potato lyonnaise on the top, except without the cream. So there's my onions. And the onions kind of, I'm keeping the onions close to the top, not in between the potatoes, because then they kind of roast nicely. And then I have a little bit of grated cheddar here. Nice strong cheddar, just some cheese I have in the fridge that I always have. And let's pop that on. And that's it, Jerry. It's going to go into the oven now until it's nice and golden. So you're not obviously trying to cook anything. You're just trying to reheat it thoroughly and get your cheese bubbling on the top and your onions kind of roasted. How long will that take? Well, because it's a fairly small one as well, um, 15 minutes should be fine for this. If you have a really big tray, it might take 20 minutes to half an hour on 180. Lovely. So in it goes into the oven there and that will be ready presently and we'll taste it and genuinely everything there is just left over from last evening absolutely yeah and I, I when we make our roast we do always make an extra an extra sort of big portion of roast so another leftover and I have this all the time and generally I have to make a confession here Tara I feed it to the birds and I shouldn't do this because it's perfectly good when you have lots of pasta left over Yes, absolutely. So again, I would often cook an extra portion of pasta. Um, you can just turn it into a pasta salad, which 
which is quite nice, even just with a tin of tuna the next day or some tinned cannellini beans, chickpeas, that sort of thing, um, I would often do. But actually, I have some leftover linguine. We had our Italian class this weekend and we do a crab linguine on it and we went a bit crazy with the amount of linguine we cooked. So what I did was I cooled it straight away that's just an important detail so I took what I needed and then the rest I cooled straight away and put into an airtight container and into the fridge so what I'm going to do is a very simple ideal kind of for one of those days where you're very busy at work and you're tired and you just want to throw something quick together so I have a little bit of olive oil heating in a good sized pan here and into that I'm going to add some cherry tomatoes just halved and I'm also going to add some garlic in and a little pinch of salt as well, just to help with the sautéing of the garlic there. And using my Oriel sea salt here. And just on a lowish temperature. We're not looking for that real strong sizzle that I'm normally looking for. I want the olive oil to be infused with the flavours. And I want it to almost be the sauce here. So I'm going to serve it. Do you like olives, Jerry? I love olives. Great stuff. Okay, so let's throw a few olives in as well. And I have a little bit of buffalo mozzarella also left over from my Italian cookery class. So let's get our olives in. And these olives are the standard olives in brine, is it, in it from a jar? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, these are green olives, but you could use whatever you wanted. Um, I love Kalamata olives as well. I just can't be bothered chopping them off the stone <laughs> on air, to be honest. <laughs> and then a few dried chilli flakes as well. Uh, and they're optional as well. If you don't want to make it spicy, you don't have to. Now, I'm not putting the mozzarella until later on. A little bit of lemon zest to be nice in there as well. So not really, it, there's a bit of a sizzle there, which I don't really want. So I'm going to turn the heat off altogether. And just let these flavours gently infuse together for a few minutes. Can I tell you, the infusion is hitting my nostrils here and my senses. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Isn't it so good? Look, it's so basic, really, when you look in the pan. We've cherry tomatoes, we've olives, we've garlic, we have chilli flakes, dry chilli flakes, and we have a bit of olive oil. But when you think about it, you have all that lovely savoury depth of flavour coming from the garlic and the olives. You have the freshness coming from the tomatoes and you have a little bit of spice coming from the chilli pepper. So it's a real kind of nice mixture there. It really is. So you've just turned the heat off on that and uh, leaving it be there to infuse in the pan. So what comes next? So I'm going to grab my linguine here and I'm going to toss that around in the nice warm oil. And you can see I have a big lunchbox. I think we cooked enough linguine for 30 people the other night. (laughs) My mother used to say we have enough to feed the Irish army. (laughs) (laughs) But aren't we glad of the leftovers? I have to say, I I know I was joking, I said I'm the queen of leftovers earlier on, but I actually kind of mean it because, you know, we live in the countryside. Most of the time, I've been working all weekend. When it gets to Monday, I do not want to be going shopping, going out in the car, looking for ingredients. um, And I really want to keep it simple because I'm tired. It's my day off, you know. So look, you have that on the pan there. You've just resumed the heat there at low heat again, is it? On a low heat. Now that the pasta has gone in, the pasta is obviously quite cold, so it's cooling the pan down. And I have a little bit of my buffalo mozzarella. This, again, was just left over from the class at the weekend. I have loads of little bowls of leftovers like this. Now, I know not everybody, like, people aren't doing all these different recipes at home every day. But just keep little bits of extras that you have. Sure, look, it doesn't matter if you don't use it up. It's not doing any harm in your fridge for the couple of days. And then if you do have it, you might be glad of it. The magic of the airwaves. Yes, we've uh, paused for a few moments and uh, the pasta is coming together lovely here in the pan. Yeah, so all I really was doing there was making sure it was reheated very thoroughly um, and I didn't want to up the heat too much. So to finish it off now, I'm going to pop a little bit of extra virgin olive oil on, 
which I just used a bog standard kind of olive oil earlier because I don't want too much flavour from the extra virgin either, overwhelming everything else. A little bit of parmesan. I'm just going to grate that over. You can't beat it. No, like, I mean, parmesan is served on top of pasta for a reason in that it's got loads of savoury flavour. And, you know, pasta is, you know, it is pretty bland unless you help it along, you know. Last but not least, and quite important, I think, some torn basil leaves, just to give it that little bit of freshness. If you didn't have basil, just even a squeeze of lemon juice would be lovely. Again, just to get the balance there. I'm just tearing it in and let me serve it up. I say this in radio quite often if you could only be where I'm standing now over this pan and this cooker an east coast cooker is good and to get that aroma and flavours you have the Italian flag there the green red and the white yeah it's actually almost like a tri- tricolore or a um, caprese salad only the only difference really is the bit of chilli flake and the green olives and not a sign of a piece of meat or chicken or anything in sight this is just beautiful so it is I can't wait to have a little taste of this Thank you, Tara. So here we go. I'm going to taste my pasta and just make sure to get, as Tara said, a little bit of everything. Little olives there. I love olives. Some people... Mm. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying there? <laughs> I was saying instead of the olives, you could also pop a couple of anchovies in. Um, let them kind of just disintegrate into the sauce if you like it. If you don't like those kind of flavours, just leave them out. You have enough tasty stuff going on without. Especially, and just up a bit of more parmesan maybe. I just think the combination there is magnificent. You know what I mean? The yin and the yang with the olives and the sweetness of it as well. It's lovely, lovely, Tara. Absolutely. And look, you know, if you're starving, it's not necessarily going to completely fill you up because there isn't any chicken or fish or there's not much protein in it. But obviously you could put a bit more of the mozzarella in the the slices of the buffalo mozzarella. But it's a lovely kind of bit of comfort food in front of the telly in a bowl just chill out with it and it really doesn't take very long stay with us on late lunch tara walker her food cast for november is concentrating on leftovers today and we'll be back after the short break it's leftovers with tara walker at east coast cookery school november food cast late lunch lmfm and the pan is on again yes i have the pan on again and this time i've got some um Roast potatoes. Uh, well, they're actually Hasselback potatoes, um, and they're Maria Flynn's uh, Yukon Gold again. But I, this time I had made them into Hasselback potatoes. Which what do you mean by that? It's basically where you get the potato and you cut it, sort of fan it out. So you cut it at very thin in- intervals, um, but not all the way through, so that the heat it really crisps up nicely because there's lots of surface area to crisp up. If you see what I mean. Um, so I have some here, and I'm just going to cut them very roughly. This is a potato and chorizo hash. Now, in my cookbook, Good Food, No Stress, it's actually in the brunch section. But to be honest with you, I think it's perfectly acceptable for a kind of a tea time meal. Again, this is not like, you know, special occasion food. This is using up your leftovers. Get something tasty and satisfying uh, after a long day at work or a busy day. The chorizo is going into the pan. You can see I haven't put any oil in, Jerry, on purpose. Oh, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. What's going on here? Um, so, obviously, the chorizo tends to have a bit of fat in it. So, I'll keep an eye on it. If I don't need the oil, happy days. But I might need a little bit of oil. But usually, the chorizo just releases its own fats and you can cook in that. And there I have a little um, half an onion just diced, quite small there, going into the pan. And I'm going to pop my little pinch of salt. So, even though I don't have the oil separately i am still going to put my little pinch of salt on just to make sure the onions don't catch and burn okay and you can hear it sizzling yeah. away there the chorizo and look at that the oil is coming yes, out of it you yeah. can see the coloration there on the onions from the oil and then i'm just going to chop my potatoes my leftover potatoes into little chunks um sort of like cubes basically but you don't need to be too particular about it 
Yes, these are, I have to say, these are such lovely potatoes. I was so delighted to get they're them. They're a waxy spud. Yes, and they're just, oh, everybody loved them this weekend. We had a lot of people here at different classes, um, and I prepared them in different ways. Friday night, we did them with a mash with some roast garlic, parmesan, chilli, and sour cream, and they were delicious that way as well. I love a waxy potato, even though you'll hear people talking, especially when the new potatoes come in, they're looking for flowery potatoes or a flowery context to them. But I've always had a greater love for this type of potato and the, and its texture. Yeah, like I love both, to be honest. Yeah. Like I love a flowery potato with loads of butter. You know, I do mm. love that. My husband, actually, who's from England, wouldn't be mad about that because they're not that into that over there. Whereas, you know, in my family, we get kind of getting excited with this, you know, and loads of parsley, loads of butter. But these are really, these have a really good flavour from them as well. So I like, well, look, I may be just a bit of a glutton. I like all potatoes, basically. <laughs> so... I have them cubed there and hopefully our onions are starting to soften and the chorizo. Oh, they are indeed. And Jerry, I am going to just add a little bit of rapeseed oil to the pan now just for my potatoes. So obviously there was enough sort of oil from the chorizo for the onions there, but now I'm going to add my potatoes in. I see you with Peter McCluskey's collar of gold rapeseed as well, and I've been using it lately. I like it. It's very nice, and what I love about it is it doesn't have too strong a flavour, so it means that I'm going to get the flavour from my onions and my chorizo and my potatoes, which is what I want, and not from the rapeseed oil. And it has a very high burning point. See, we're on a good sizzle here. Mm. The onions are not burning you know, because of the salt. Um, but there's a good sizzle going on there and it's going to crisp up these potatoes even more now. Give oh, I have stir. to say already, this is my kind of dish when I see it coming together. Yeah, and I mean, as I say, I originally kind of did this as a brunch recipe. And as I was saying to you earlier, this was genuinely one of the ones that ended up in my book as a result of one Sunday morning, I was rummaging around in the fridges to see what I had and I came up with this and I, I find actually when I've been doing a cookery class late at night I'm starving the next morning because I don't really have time for dinner so this was a really good kind of substantial brunch to have. Okay, while that's cooking away there on the pan and we leave it be we're going to have a little taste of what's been cooking away there in the oven. Remind us what you're going to take out here. So we have our little beef hot pot which was just leftover roast beef sliced into little bite-sized pieces, some gravy um, topped with some leftover roast potatoes, onion and cheese. Let's have a look, Open Jerry. that oven. Oh, <laughs> look at this now. now. That Isn't just that food? just gorgeous? And I think people would actually pay quite good money in a gastropub, one of these trendy gastropubs for something like this. And this is just from your leftovers. So it's like a free meal. Oh, free meal is right. And it's just cooked perfectly there. You can see the cheese on the top has just done its job. And, you know, this, this for me now is new. I have to say this, a new concept, cheese and beef. Yes, I think it's gorgeous, you know. And I do the same if I have leftover roast leg of lamb. I do the exact same with it as well. So Let's Jerry, have a fork. Get your chops around that. <laughs> do you know what would be lovely with this? If you had a little bit of um, red onion marmalade or a little bit of beetroot, something kind of, you know, pickled. Would be an, a nice foil for this. Exactly. Oh, let me just, I've just remembered. I've got, you know, Hilda um, from Boyne Valley Flavours. She just, I just got a lovely plum chutney from her. Let's try that. So it's Hilda's homemade and it's aromatic and spice plum chutney, it Absolutely. says in the jar. Yes. So she gave me a taste of this um, the other day. She's in the Boyne Valley Flavours and she makes such gorgeous things. She, you know, she has loads of different chutneys. She's doing like a white uh, currant chutney. She has a gin one. She's got loads of different things. So this, I think, would be really nice with this. Just a little counterbalance to what's quite a rich dish otherwise. Okay, let me do the combination here. So let's get a little bit of this chutney. 
Oh my word. Do you know when you have plum with aromatic duck? Yes. That's what springs to mind. Exactly. And that's what made me think of it because, you know, it's quite a rich dish here. And the whole point about this sort of tartness is to counterbalance. It's all about the balance. And this is often how I end up coming up with new recipes because I'm tasting and I'm saying, no, it's missing something or I need to tweak it or whatever. So I think that's lovely with that. I 110% agree. That has just made that extra, extra special, you could say. Yeah, it just elevates it, Mm. doesn't it? From just something kind of, you know, like you might have on a carvery or whatever to something with lots of flavour. So it's back to the past. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And before we finish up and the chorito and potatoes and garlic and onion and... So on, and there's an egg has appeared on yes. the scene. My chorizo is all nice and crispy. The potato has absorbed the flavour from the chorizo oil and from the onion in there. And now I've just cleared a little bit of space in the middle of the pan, and I'm just breaking an egg into it. And these are gorgeous local free-range eggs. Do you know that we have an egg vending machine up the road from us here? We've great suppliers and producers around here in Ballamacenny and near Dermanfecken. Aren't I a regular customer with my three euro for the dozen? Yes, it's fantastic. And, and they are beautiful eggs, yeah. I have to say. And I quite enjoy just going up the road and nice view from it and getting my fresh eggs. Really nice. And they're restocked very regularly, so they're always very nice and fresh. So I've just popped my egg into the centre of the pan and we're just going to fry it off for a moment. I'm just thinking about the machine you mentioned here. Fun we have is I take Ava, my granddaughter, out. Ah, yes. Before she puts in the three euro coins, she tries to guess which number will open on ah, the machine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's lovely. It's a fantastic. And you know, we have a potato machine on the Sheetland Road in Termonfecken now as well. Oh, you're the I most know. sophisticated <laughs> people in the world out this neck of the woods. So, Jerry, sunny side up or easy over? What would you like? Uh, I what like you sunny side do? up, but you know, easy over is nice as well. Okay. Well, what you could do, actually, is you could break up the egg now, and that turns it into quite a Spanish dish. You know, the Spanish have this kind of chopped egg and potato dish. Um, so, what I could do, I won't do it now, but you could just chop it all up and stir it through the other ingredients in there. Um, but we'll just leave it as a full on fried egg for, t- for now. 
And actually, it just reminds me just to mention about another very nice leftovers dish, but we've covered it on the show before, so I won't go into it again, but the recipes are on the website for egg fried rice. Mm. So we had leftover pasta and we'd leftover potatoes. But if you had some leftover rice, just going, I did say it the last time, but just make sure you cool the rice quickly and get it into the fridge quickly if you're going to have it as leftovers. But that would be lovely on the pan as well. Toss a few veg through, some leftover roast chicken if you have it, and break up an egg through it turn that over there for there me for go. the crack lovely <laughs> look she just did it there I, I nearly missed it with the blink of an eye and it's over done Jerry, I have many many years of experience for years in my family business cooking hundreds of fried eggs for breakfast every morning so I'd be disappointed in myself if I wasn't able to flip it over without breaking it that was magnificent <laughs> that was the real turn of our pro there I have to say so I've got some parsley which I'm just going to tear up and toss through just to give a little bit of a freshness really and I have a little bit of spring onion that I happen to have left over as well not essential a little bit of red onion would be nice but you don't really need it if you've got the parsley be fine but I have some spring onion left over so I might as well use it not too much and let's serve up and give you a taste oh today has been just so special with Tara here and genuinely her leftovers from the weekend all used here in this food cast for November and it's just so simple and enjoyable and tasty wholesome hearty food absolutely and as you can see here I've just popped the fried egg on top of um, your chorizo and potato mixture on the plate here um, so that when you bite into it the egg will run everywhere Um, but no genuinely that's what I love I love 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 leftovers and you know as anyone who works with me knows I always have millions of little bowls in my fridges or whatever and if I don't use them fine but I like to have the option of it final taste of the day on the food cast can't wait for this I love my runny egg and with potatoes and chorizo oh my god almighty spoiled spoiled rotten here You'll have no room for your dinner tonight, Jerry. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Here we go. And let's have this. Oh, I just love... Look at the softness of the egg coming through there on the potato. Oh, man. Wish you were here. <laughs> That's another programme we can talk about. But this is just lovely, lovely. We're going to get a piece of that. And a piece of this. Oh, look at this into the egg. Come here. Mmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. The contrast, the flavours there. You're so right about that Yukon potato. Isn't it gorgeous? And it's really nice in a dish like that as well. And I have to say, I just think that is a lovely brunch dish, you know, I know, or a light kind of quick tea time thing to have um, because it's very, very tasty and it's very filling and satisfying. And if you want, I would say just a little few green salad leaves, you know, just a bit of rocket or something like that tossed in a bit of lemon and olive oil on the side would be perfect with that. Of course, you could throw in, if you had some leftover broccoli, Brussels sprouts now in the run-up to Christmas. Leftovers? There'll be nothing left over here in a few minutes' time because I'm away to clean up here. Tara, magnificent. Really enjoyed today. And again, the recipe's available? On eastcoastcookeryschool.ie Thank you so much. See you for the Christmas one. Thanks, Jerry. Great to see you as always. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie.
I have a returning guest to late lunch this afternoon. Last time, Ola El Garawani was with me. Her daughter Sally was here. She's going solo this afternoon. Do you remember her? Oh, she's a lovely lady. Lily's Pharmacy and Health Store in Retoth. They've been there 11 years at this stage. They're 20 years working in Ireland as community pharmacists as well. She's diversified slightly now. It's related to what she does. She's practising functional medicine and I'm curious and the lady herself is in the hot seat to tell me more. Ola, good to see you again. Thank you, Jerry. Thank, Thank you for, you having for me joining me. What is functional medicine? Okay, uh, I guess I have been explaining this uh, a lot um, later or uh, lately. Uh, so, functional medicine have many definitions, but the easiest way to say is to treat the root cause of the disease rather than the symptom. And it made so much sense when I went into this area to study because it 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 did help people to get better by treating the root cause rather than the symptom. So in other words, you're not interested in symptoms as such, are you? No, no. Symptoms are really important to listen to, but I don't just treat the symptom. Okay. Because... So does that mean no medicine, no drugs, no anything like that? Not at all. No. As you know, I am a pharmacist, Jerry, and I, uh, the function of medicine basically is me... Uh, holding the stick both ends. So I'm not really kind of telling people not to take their medicine. In fact, I'm trying to optimize the action of the medicine in their body by knowing where the medicine is needed. So this works hand in hand with conventional medicine. Absolutely. And has to. This is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a new approach. It's it's not really new. It's it's not fair to say new. It's it's the approach that we should really be doing all the healthcare or uh, people working in healthcare. You listen. Uh, mindful listening and empathy as well to get as much information as you can from the patient and help them further. So give me an example. If somebody comes to you, I take it they come to you uh, if they're struggling a bit with conventional medicine and they've been through the mill, had all the tests, stuff like this, and they're still not getting better. Yes, that's exactly it. And that's why I went into functional medicine. So let me just say something really to you to, to clarify how I actually went to in this uh, okay. section. So I think I mentioned to you the last time I was here on air, uh, I studied nutrition because I felt nutrition is a big part in, in people's life. You really, if, if, you, if, you, if you eat the proper food, you will get better. And food is medicine. So if we don't believe in this and just use it as a quote in, in social media uh, and we don't really follow it, it it's, it's not really right. So food is medicine. It took me into functional medicine. There were few conferences in Ireland, so it's not really new in Ireland. It has been actually in Ireland. And when I attended the first one, it, it, it just blew my mind. It's just it was absolutely beautiful and it made sense. It's all science. It's all doctors and nurses and, and pharmacists and nutritionists in the same room, we were all amazed how it made sense. So it's not really new science as much as just the way how we approach the medicine and the disease now. So how does it work in a practical sense? Give me an example of somebody who comes to you with some ailment or something wrong with them and what you do. Okay, so obviously, as you know, I am... 20 years plus in, in community pharmacy and I've seen people getting better over these and other are not getting better and I took my role as a pharmacist from behind the counter to the front of the counter so I listen I, 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 I take notice of everything seeing people in and out 
taken the same medicine, especially over-the-counter medicine for chronic illnesses, say, for example, migraine or headaches. And OK, they, that's a very good example because a lot of people suffer with migraine. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I mean, I was curious, why are they not getting any better? Like they have obviously spoke to their doctor. They excluded anything major. There is nothing to worry about. I needed to know why even simple, simple OTC or over-the-counter medicine are not working. So I started to talk to people more obviously knowing now the science and how to ask the right questions and it I went deep it's like as if you are putting all the pieces of puzzles uh, really together so uh, it could be something like lack of sleep it could be tension and stress which is really major that people sometimes ignore it could be some type, type of food they are eating and it could be interaction of medicine as well so I look at the whole picture, the whole system. So the body is like multifunctional systems. So I don't really look at just one system, which is the head in case of the migraine. I look at everything, their kidneys, their liver. I ask questions. And obviously, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really write prescription or I don't change medicine. However, medicine will be the area of my expertise. And I know exactly how it works. It could be drug interaction. It could be something they don't really need to take over the counter while being on medicine. So it really kind of, I have more broad understanding of what's okay. going on by studying functional And then medicine. do you work through this by a process of elimination? Uh, you can say that, you can say that, but I... I I have I have to do a consultation now. Obviously, I, I follow now the, the functional medicine uh, uh, style. Or, or, so there's practices yeah. and procedures that you follow exactly, with this. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So the first consultation will be over an hour and a half. And that's how I actually decided to have my own clinic. Because in the pharmacy, you know... <laughs> you don't yeah. have time. I have no time. <laughs> They're running and in and I, out. Yeah, there's I have sniveling to children. <laughs> there's colds at this yeah, time of the year. Exactly. You name it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and being professional, I, I can't really do this. So some people will need more attention than others. And I, I need to be careful with that. And that's what brought me into... A, 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 to, to, to kind of be in a clinic setting, if you like. Okay, and you are now part of this One Hour For Me clinic yes. in Ashbourne, is it? Exactly, and I really like to kind of mention a few words about this centre. Uh, this centre is owned by this lady called Rowena, uh, and Rowena has a, a great vision. You know, she, she kind of agree with me of the future of healthcare and how the medicine and healthcare can really be different and change people's lives. She has a great centre, she she has lots of clinician in the center and other activity obviously she has yoga and she 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 does lots of seminars she has really a good vision yes especially in mental health and yeah stuff i'm just like looking at mental health lifestyle and well-being self-development nutritional yeah. therapy cognitive yeah. rehabilitation and you're there functional medicine yes as well. and she's based in ashburn and i can see myself and rowena working for a long time okay. together because uh, we are working on lots of seminars and lots of talks to educate and coach people how to be healthy with basics, going back to basics, basics, it's not really has to be the most expensive medicine or, I mean, medicine are important, don't get me wrong, but how to utilize this medicine to, to have optimal health. Okay, so you give example there of, of uh, the migraine that yeah. a lot of people have to deal with. How, how long are you practicing? How long is how long are you working from the clinic? Have you have you met many patients so far? Okay, in the clinic, yes, I've been practicing since this August because I only finished my functional medicine. Okay, so you're clinic. relatively recent with this. Yeah. However, Jerry, I noticed that all along my life as a pharmacist, I was using this approach and I wasn't aware of it. So this is only just a tag or a name of what I do all along. 
Uh, it's just to kind of it, it make it more formal, if you like. Yes. Uh, and it has been established in the States, in Eastern European. Yes, and I have looked at that. And, and I, I do want to say, some people look on this like homeopathic remedies as well. Some mm. people love them, other people have no time for them. Yeah. And, and that's fair to say. It, it, it causes divergence of opinion. I know this, this yeah. functional medicine as well. Yeah. But tell me this, have you practical success stories? Have you, have, have you somebody that you can say, I've worked with and I've done this and achieved this? I do, and I'm so proud of, uh, of this because they were really kind of difficult cases, uh, autoimmune uh, cases and uh, rheumatoid arthritis and amazing the results. Um, they are still taking their medicine. As I said, I don't really do anything about their medicine, but they were not really getting any relief while taking the okay, medicine. Okay, so it was just really a matter of road. It was custom. They did it. It was prescribed for them. Yes. And they're not getting any better or feeling any better. Yes. Have you improved their lives? Yes. Definitely. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say like 100%, yes. but that's their feedback. I wish they are here okay, today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I, I review them and I, I, I see them, uh, you know, and I... I we email each other. Yes, I did. Yes. I can say that positively. And here's the thing. Um, when when you intervene with them, does it take time again? I'm coming back to this a process of elimination, doing that first long consultation, working with them ongoing. How long do you work with them? How many sessions do they need with you? It all depends. Like I, 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 I mean, as I said, I meet them first, an hour and a half consultation. I gather all their information and I go back really, really way back as far as they can remember yeah. to give me enough, uh, obviously, information. I go away, work on their timeline and I put them all together and see where actually I can see the problem. I may need to do some blood tests. I may, I may need to kind of ask a, a nurse to come in and help me to, to do some blood tests. So I work with nurses. I work with doctors. I work with nutritionists. So I don't really do everything on my own. Yes. When I see a, like a, an area that I need another professional to come in and maybe kind of discuss it with me, mm. I do that. So I kind of really neatly direct the patient where to go. But 80% of the time, we don't need to see a doctor. Really? We don't need to see a doctor. God, I'm always to a doctor. If there's anything up with me at all and I'm concerned, I'm straight in. Yeah, well, I mean, there is nothing wrong with that. But I mean, if it's something we can prevent to go that big and convert into a chronic illness, why not? The the case you mentioned, the autoimmune uh, uh, success stories you've yeah. had, what did you pinpoint? What did you find out? Where, where did you find out in those cases that, you know, the the issue was? Did it pinpoint to one area in their lives? Yeah, well, the quality of life wasn't there. So, I mean, in, in terms of rheumatoid arthritis, the main complaint will be pains and aches and mm. unable to function. Mm. So I kind of worked on that. Okay. So they can get back this quality of life day to day, especially they are obviously working people they're not really yes uh, you know sitting at home doing nothing so they need this kind of power back so this is what I was working on I do ask patient what do you want me to do what mm. do you want to achieve from this yes you know and was pain relief a, a big thing for those people yes. that pain is back yes by pinpointing something in their lives in that their life mainly lifestyle and diet okay that it comes back to that all of the yes. time that is the big thing yeah you mentioned something at the start there and I, I have to say I agree with you and people probably don't realise that the medicine we take from our babies is our food yes 
And I, thought, I think that's lost in an awful lot of people. Completely. What you eat is what you are. We, we've been told this. Yeah. And that is the, the uh, truest thing ever. Yeah. So, so that's a big area. So are you finding awareness of this growing, you know? It is growing because obviously I'm passionate about it. I am a pharmacist. I am a scientist. I, I, I don't do anything not evidence-based. So I think I do have this credibility about me. So I wouldn't really risk anybody's, you know, uh, welfare. If anything, I'm trying to optimize this. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm talking evidence-based study and science. And I've been studying a lot. I invest a lot of time of my, my time. And thanks to Sally, she's taken over the pharmacy for me a little bit. So I, I have time to research it. I was my own patient initially. I had to kind of experiment food changes and diet. And as you know, Jerry, like lots of names of different diets nowadays and people are so confused. So me... As a pharmacist, I feel like I'm a point of information or point of education. So if if anyone wants to know what is this and do I have to stop eating this or I explain to people what is the diet. Do you mind telling me what how it sorted you out? What, 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 how are you feeling? How are you feeling better by this? Okay, well, I was like anybody who has their own business under stress and fatigued and, you know, lack of You came of through sleep. tough times with the crash. Exactly, and it wasn't really an easy ride. Mm. So, uh, obviously, I struggled with weight. I struggled with fatigue. I struggled with... I was eating anything and I... So, you know... Like, we don't study nutrition in the School of Pharmacy or the School of Medicine. Very little we know. So when I studied nutrition, I was like, oh, my God, no, I have to change this now because I don't think this is really serving me and serving my body. I changed my lifestyle altogether. I really did. And I kind of I was my own guinea pig, uh, Sally as well. So I kind of really worked on this in a scientific way. Um, I kind of, as I said, working with doctors and, and, and nurses and did some blood tests and I, I realised there are areas I wasn't really kind of looking mm. after. So, so diet, nutrition, all this type of thing made a huge difference to you. Yes. I, I, do you feel better today? An awful lot better? Yes. <laughs> you look amazing. Can I, you I see? Can you. <laughs> I'm feeling better. So this is something you are now deeply uh, involved with, getting more involved all the time and practising in yes. uh, this uh, uh, type of uh, medicine. If people want to find out more about you, get in touch with you. How did they do that? Oh, yes, of course. I um, Obviously, my business is Lily's Pharmacy, but yes. I am based in one hour for me and it's by appointment only. I can I can share my email address if they like or they can contact me anytime. I'll be more than happy to see people. Even, do you know what I do normally? Like if someone is looking after or looking for a function medicine uh, consultation, I talk to them a few minutes first and see if I actually... I'm the person who will help. Yes, because in instances, you're obviously not. Yeah, I don't really waste people's time okay. or mine. Do you know, I'm very honest because it's not really just about, oh, it's a new business and I'm getting lots of attention. It's expanding my own passion of pharmacy. And what you're saying today is if you have a chronic condition yes. and conventional medicine is not really helping you and yeah. you don't find that it's improving your lot, yeah. this you're saying is something worth considering. 100%. Functional medicine. Yes. 
Do you want to give your contact detail there before we finish? Yeah, my email address is uh, fmpractice1 at gmail.com. Uh, my number is 016896819. And I am based in one hour for me as well in Ashburn. Um, I don't have the number uh, in hand. I do, but we leave it here okay. off our main number, yeah. 185715958. It's new on me. It's different. If it works for you, well, I'll tell you one thing. People who have chronic conditions go through an awful lot and if there's something here that can improve life and their health isn't it just fantastic I wish you well thank you so much thank you for dropping in to meet us again on Late Lunch today thank you so much Jerry, for having me Ola El Garawani thank you thank you Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used cars in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie After the morning we've had in this neck of the woods with the wind howling, the rain lashing down, I think finishing late lunch this Tuesday afternoon, we are with the most appropriate man and story because you see, his new album is called Ophelia and you remember it? Last year, October 2017, it blew the hell out of the country. But Pat Goldrick, he's certainly blowing minds with this new one and he's in studio with me today. Pat, congratulations. Good afternoon, Jerry. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. It's, It's it's ironic, actually. I was uh, kind of uh, driving through the Storm Diana on the way up here this morning to talk about Storm Ophelia. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're surrounded by storms. The next album will be Diana. Just he has this on his mind, obviously, already. Only yes, cutting. It'll be another name for it. Anyway, let's remind listeners once more, because Ophelia happened in mid-October 2017. But the sort of the chicken and egg, you know, which came first? You made a guitar. Um. I probably made everything else in my life, built cars and built houses and built fancy kitchens and everything. But I never built a guitar. And um, somebody said to me, um, a friend of mine who makes guitars, um, come on, you should make a guitar. I said, I wouldn't have a clue. And he took me under his wing, uh, Dermot Quinlan from Malahide, makes the most fantastic guitars, custom made. And um, we worked on this guitar. And um, I would have a good knowledge of woodwork from over the years. And... um, so he took me under his wing and we, we built it together and I did most of the work under his guidance and the odd time now I get a little clip in the year for doing something wrong or, or rushing something because a guitar is a very difficult, it's a very precise, it's very precise woodwork, even more so than even bespoke um, kitchens and mm. um, wood carving. You have to be, like you're talking thousands of, of an inch measurements and we have all these calipers to measure certain things. But um, So it was fascinating. It's, it's actually engineering with wood and, and uh, we, built, we built this guitar and to make a long story short, um, we completed the guitar last October 19th, to be specific, the day Ophelia hit the shores. And there we were sitting in his lovely little warm wor- workshop with a stove going on in the corner and with all loads of timber and lovely and we're having a little glass of wine and we're delighted with ourselves making this lovely guitar. And there's a gale, hurricane blowing outside and he says to me, what do we call the guitar, Pat? And I says, we got to call it Ophelia. And... Then you have a beautiful guitar, this work of art, and something a first for you. And of course, when you have a guitar, you need a few songs to play. Uh, and is, is that the way it happened? The album flowed from the guitar? Well, it's, it, believe it or not, yeah, because um, I, 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 the last album I made was, uh, I think, about three years ago, uh, uh, City Jam. And I haven't recorded anything since um, this album, Ophelia. And the fact that I had a guitar and the fact that it was made in Ireland and the fact that Ophelia has this kind of an Irish connection and 
I said, well, it'd be nice to do an album and use this guitar on the album and kind of have a music on the album which would have a kind of an Irish lilt to it. Um, not too traditional, but just my little take on some pieces and uh, arrangements and plus some of my own pieces as well. And that's why... And what we're looking at here is Ophelia. It's, 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 yeah, and plenty. We, so we have plenty of music now to play on the guitar. We have, and I have to say, Pat, it's been received in marvelous fashion Has, across yeah, the board, yeah. hasn't it? So far, so good. Absolutely, I'm blown away. Um, it was made the album of the week there in Lyric FM there this morning with Marty Whelan and. Um, Anywhere that it has been, um, the feedback on social media, anybody that's bought it, great things, absolutely. People are loving it, yeah. Mm. Really good, delighted. Is this the boost your career needed? Uh, it certainly is, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's wonderful. It, it really has kind of, um, got me out there now and people are beginning to realise that there's plenty of music in this guy and um, there's plenty more to come. Well, we've always realised it from it, the first day yeah, you came here and you told the story and Kayenda was born and then yeah. you crowdfunded City Jam, didn't you? I did, you? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember you sitting there telling me how you were going to do this and all the little offers you had for people. You go play for them, you give them albums. The music industry, it's a very difficult industry at the minute. I mean, gone are the days where if you were just good, you know, and you'd be signed up by a record company. But because of this, record companies are on their knees now because uh, people aren't really buying music or CDs as much as they used to. There's a lot of free music. Uh, so uh, record companies are very careful who they give money out to, uh, to, to record albums. So I had to fund this album myself. Uh, and gosh, where am I going to get the money to do this? So I decided to go on a crowdfunding. Mm. So there's always a way, you know, there there's is. always a way. You didn't have to do that with this one. No, no, I didn't. Um, I was sponsored to do this. Mm. Um, which is great. Pri- pri- yeah, some pr- uh, people uh, donated privately t- to the making of this, which is great. And um, and here it is. Yeah, Here it is, mm. the reality. I just, it's like, a, it's like Christmas Day here in the studio and Pat's just woken up and Santa Claus has arrived and here it is. This is what he ever wanted from the man. Let's hear what it's all about. We're going to play a track called The Jumping Church and of course The Jumping Church is in this neck of the woods. Absolutely, just up the road there outside RD and again the Irish connection with The, the Jumping Church. Uh, it's a piece of music which um, kind of... Um Ties in with the with with the, the with the story of the jumping church. It so certainly like does. It. Here Finn, it is from Finmar, Oph- sorry, yeah, Finmar Fury actually plays on this particular oh, track as beautiful, well. Beautiful, so. beautiful. So from Ophelia, let's hear what it's all about. The jumping church. Thank you. 
well if you're not jumping around the kitchen or wherever you are and you spilt your tea or your coffee or knocked the table over I don't know what to say it certainly got me up for it this afternoon that I, is brilliant Pat the jumping church I was actually listening to your wonderful um, on the way down I was starving listening to that wonderful um, with Tara who was Tara another, Walker yeah it, you know I didn't think radio had such kind of have such a, an effect I could almost taste <laughs> taste of food over the airwaves without even seeing it. It was wonderful. Well, Pat... It came across great. I just wanted to throw that, it in. You're welcome back to late lunch every single day saying things But like I hope that. I'm back in but, time for lunch the next time. But that's the idea. Yeah. Yes, I actually do go to the cookery school and Tara cooks. That yeah. is real time. You know, you can get yeah. that. It's not talking through something. Oh, brilliant. She does it. Thanks a million yeah, for that. But you all. are brilliant too. Come on back to you as well with this album. How do you... You know, you've 11 tracks on the album. Mm-hmm. How do you settle? Do you have others that you might have included and mm. didn't or are you you know how does that work yeah I'd say there's about five or six more tracks that we actually recorded and um, it's a bit like cooking really you know you have all the ingredients and <laughs> you kind of pick and choose and put them in certain places and you get an overall feel for the album so that you know the tracks kind of um, go well after each other you, you don't want something in there um, which is totally mm, that's a bit sort of doesn't really set, uh, slot in as well it's, it's a feel kind of a yes, thing yes and they, yeah. they all dovetail they I all I think so and somebody remarked on that so that was nice to hear from people who have actually listened because the way musicians listen to their own music is totally different than we'll say somebody out there would listen to their music um, we, we hear it differently sometimes it's a bit like a chef tasting his food the, the, the customer has tasted totally different than what mm. he's probably looking for out. yes but somebody said to me yeah the tracks fit very well together so it's, it's I suppose it's experience and it's um, having a feel for the music yes it's you know trusting, your, trusting your ears yeah the the album itself Ophelia I want to remind you again by Pat Coldrick is available I know in Cladder Records in, Temple in Bar. Dublin in Temple Bar it's a go-to shop it's there available patcoldrick.com you can get it from the website correct yeah many, iTunes yeah iTunes uh, CD Baby Amazon um, all the usual internet out- outlets um, it might be in another few days before it's actually up on iTunes it takes about two weeks for them to uh, okay. upload it onto their systems but uh, certainly if they want to get in touch with me email me or buy it off the website it'll be posted out to you so what's the plan between now and the end of the year and early new year do you really want to know do you really want to know? I do. I'm, I, I, all year I've been in the studio, and between studio and giving concerts, I've completely um, neglected all my home work chores. So I promised my dear lady that I would spend time at home this December, take time off from the music, and catch up on all the all the work around the house. Now that's what fame and fortune <laughs> brings me. Yeah, so house to be painted, wall wallpapering. That's what I'm going to December. Yes, Pat Coldrick, that's what he's going to be doing. You know what? You're a real man. You really are. That's what I love about Pat Coldrick. No, it's politics. Brownie points. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. A real man. If real men have that sauce. They know what it's about. They know when they have to and when they haven't to. Well, if I, if I don't, I could be doing a crowdfunding to, to, to get a roof over my head in January. <laughs> but I'm sure, yes, beyond that, uh, concerts, performances, promoting the album, all that will happen as well. Um, I think it's a great tribute to you that you've been selected as a Album of the Week on Lyric, which is fantastic with Marty this week. It's brilliant because uh, that is a real imprimatur for how good this work is. I yeah, it say. really is. I'm delighted, as I say to you, because we, we put an awful lot of work into this album and it's a great tribute. And, and Marty knows his music and, and uh, he, oh, loved, he, he loved the album and uh, he thought it was great. And I mean, and the music on the album, it, it has a great happy kind of a, 
pleasant kind of a, a vibe and a feel to it. You know what I mean? And uh, I think it's not an album for just classical people who like classical not music. It's, a, it's a music for everybody. Yes, you know. And I think that's what Marty likes as well, and uh, what people like. If so, you want it playing in the background while you relax, reading a book in your car as you travel wherever, Ophelia, this new album by Pat Coldrick will sit absolutely perfectly anywhere. And what a lovely gift! Get it for Christmas and give it to somebody. It's something different. This man is brilliant. From the first day I ever met him and he told his story, I just loved him. And I'll tell you this, uh, with those three albums, Kayendo, City Jam and now this one, he's built his repertoire and his reputation and his star going into 2019 is in the ascendancy. We're going to finish with another one, Pat, from the album. And this time, it's me old friend, The Starlings. The Remembering Starlings is probably the most popular track in the album. Um, I, I wrote it a couple of years ago and started performing it at concerts and people always remarked on that particular piece so I decided to put it on this album and it has a lovely Christmas uh, vibe to it and it's a song that was literally inspired by joy and happiness and good times at Christmas It's the Starlings from Ophelia Pat Coldrick lovely to see you again Thank you Jerry. Thank you Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.